Put your hands together, listeners. It's Rhea, one of your hosts. The other host, Cameron Esposito, is going on tour with me this fall for our tour called Back to Back. And we're going to 20 cities. We're going to be on a bus. And I'm pretty sure Murph is going to come with us. So you got to come to this tour. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be kind of like Put Your Hands Together, but near you. So come on out. We're going to be at Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, San Diego, Phoenix, Dallas, Austin, New Orleans, Houston, Atlanta, Carborough, North Carolina, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., Brooklyn, the one in New York, Cleveland, Ohio. I'm into that one. Come on out, Akron. Detroit, Minneapolis, Chicago, and Madison, Wisconsin. And you can get tickets to all of those shows at either my website at www.riabutcher.com or Cameron's website at www.cameronesposito.com. Also, tickets are in all of our bios, so you can get them there too. So we can't wait to see you, and uh, Murph is excited. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the OCD! Put your hands together. Put your hands together. We can love yourself. Let's put your hands together for your host. Thing with the thing. I straight up do not know what happened. I put all of it in its own spot. And I feel no, like, that just fell down. I know. I'm a, what are you doing? I'm actually a wreck. Do you know why it is? I showered too early. I yeah. I showered at like around a... 1 p.m. Awful. <laughs> I have to shower at 6, as you know. I Yeah. So anyway, I'm really... And then you I'm hang really out for about an hour and a half. And nude. <laughs> I didn't bring that up. You did. Yeah, I don't care. You guys, this is Cameron Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rhea Butcher. Hello. And Ryan is in the booth. And Hannah's over there. She's a producer over there. We got yeah. great comics in back. And special guest tonight, Megan Baker. Megan Baker has been our photographer for... The whole time. The whole time that we've been doing this show. Uh, which is years, mm-hmm. and um, tonight every Tuesday night she comes every Tuesday night for and takes free. pictures of us. Do you know how much we pay her? Nothing. <laughs> we don't pay. Her. We also don't make any money. Nobody makes any money. We, actually, we keep all the money. No, we yeah. keep the money. Um, the UCB pays us. No, nobody no, makes any we money. We do not make any money. Um, but Megan does, donates her time and takes beautiful photos and has been doing it for years. And you know the thing about LA is that. Your job circle is, mm-hmm. it's like a family relationship because totally. you work such weird hours and, mm-hmm. and people know your art and you say that you're nude for an hour and a half and that's part sure. of your job, you know what I mean? So Wait, do you mean you're, you're nude for an hour and a half or you say I'm nude for an hour and a half? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nude, I'm nude, I'm nude, I, I'm nude. I, you know what? <laughs> I actually didn't mean to, I didn't realize your hand had been put up there. Sure. Now I realize it looked like I was like, no! And that's not what I meant. Um, I just was trying to say, I've got your, hey. I understand the I understand joke. the point that you're making. Um, but anyway. I'm also trying to lose this arm motion anyway. Um, I get it. That's a Nazi joke. Oh my joke. God. <laughs> anyway, Megan is leaving the show effective. This is her last time it's at the show. It's her last show. Because she got uh, some awesome jobs. So She's got big, awesome things happening in her thing. life. But we love her. Please a round of applause for Big her. round of applause for Megan. 
She's the best. Truly the worst news. I'm upset about it. <laughs> and also, Hannah told us, this is an actual true thing about me. Hannah uh-huh. told us before we came, but then she was like, but I think Megan wants to tell, your, tell her yourself. Tell you, tell her- you herself. <laughs> <laughs> tell- I'm nude. I'm nude. I'm nude. I think Megan wants to tell you herself, so just pretend I didn't say anything. And then I was like, you got it, boss. And then Megan walked in and I went, <laughs> Hi, she Megan. started crying immediately. <laughs> Hi, Megan. I have the worst poker face. You know what? Because I don't even know how to play poker. That's why. Yeah, you don't at all. I don't know anything about it. I've never gambled one time. Not one time. What? I've never even done the thing with the... One, one-armed bandit? Yep. Never met him. Slot machine? No, I do know that guy. He killed Harrison oh, Ford's boy. wife. It's in it? my pocket so it doesn't fall on the ground again. <laughs> what if I wanted to fall on the ground? Look, here's, I don't want here's it to some fall stuff about me. I don't know how to play uh-huh. poker and I yes. break everything I touch. Uh-huh. You that know is, that about me also. I do know that about you. Um, Last night, uh, we were making dinner or I made dinner or something and uh-huh, I you. just went out to the other room and just heard you go, ah! And then I came back out and you just said a broken bowl in front of you. <laughs> Yeah. How that happened, I don't know. Because there was, there was no in. other noise, though. Well, I did not hear a bowl hit another surface. All I heard was, ah! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I did it with my mind. Like you picked it up and went, ah! And broke it with your bare hands. I mean, it's a ceramic bowl. But, like, straight up, that is true. I do break everything I touch, which is and why I a, wear a gloves. Nest, a nesting set, and that is the third one that's broken. <laughs> oh, I broke the whole nest. <laughs> And I was just about to make a really long rogue joke that yeah, probably yeah, wouldn't have I paid off. Stop that. <laughs> Some people are very sad they didn't get your rogue, yeah. rogue joke. Well, Maybe later. Yeah. Could be. Go rogue. Make that rogue joke. Aww. <laughs> it was so satisfying when Anna Paquin got the white hair. <laughs> Does everyone agree with that statement? <laughs> we were waiting for it. Like, oh yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> broke all the bowls in my house when I saw that yeah ah! do you remember because Magneto uses her as a superconductor Rhea <laughs> anyway what have you been up to what have we what have we been doing we weren't here what? why weren't we here we, we were, were on, on vacation, vacation. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we went to where you guessed it Cathedral City <laughs> <laughs> Do you but, want me to lie about it? What do you mean? And Palm say Springs else? is an easier thing to say. Sure. And but Cathedral, it's not the truth. <laughs> Cathedral City's right next door, and the only reason we went there is because yeah, you're Palm Springs a, you are a weird guy yeah. who goes, I like to go there because there's no lights anywhere. Because you're nuts. <laughs> they can't have any streetlights. I don't so like streetlights on stars. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did not like millions of people <sighs> drive millions of miles to look at the stars this week? Yes, they did. I'm not out of my mind. For a minute, I was going to argue with you, and I straight up still don't know, even in this moment, whether or not the sun is a star. (laughs) 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 Who cares? I don't have to know. I I don't have to know. In this moment, is the president Boss of NASA? Ah! 
Because I wear pants. That's a great point. Which means I'm not even allowed to be in the White House. <laughs> yeah, true. Banned from the White House. Um, wait. Sorry, we just had to throw a small fit. Um, we were on vacation. Uh, we went ooh. to Palm Springs. Wait, but I didn't even get to make my rebuttal. Which rebuttal. is, for every new star in the sky, do you know what else there is? Do you know what else there is? I don't know. Some bug! (laughs) You guys, this is just how comedy shows work. (laughs) One person says one thing, and then the other person says another thing. (laughs) No, I want to ask you that question. There's a star? There's a, a bug? No, okay. This has to be true. <laughs> Feel free. Don't just tell them. Why? Yeah, you know I hate bugs. Yeah. And when there's a lot of light around, uh-huh. they go, oh, there's people over here. <laughs> you guys, what is she talking about? They don't come by there. Wait. They might come by one... Is what you're saying that streetlights would keep bugs away from you? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes. Got it. This is why we're married. I am a Cameron interpreter. (laughs) A lot of action in general keeps bugs away. Okay, so we had some bugs at our Airbnb, I think is what Cameron's trying to get. She got bit by a fire ant. In my armpit. In her armpit. Which was the worst place because, okay, number one, straight up, we had a couple friends with us uh-huh. that were, they're new friends, so we're trying to still be cool to them. And, um, not be our real selves. Yeah. We we're all the pool together. And we had rented this house. Uh-huh. And we were like, come to our, this house we rented and relax with us. Come and to our window. <laughs> but not like in that way. Yeah. But, nope. I just wanted to we signal this that. That's um, But then I was talking to them, and I got mm-hmm. bit in the armpit by a fire ant. And it kind of sounds like a country song. <laughs> I was talking to them, then I got bit in the armpit by a fire ant. Has anybody ever been bit by a fire ant? Bitten <laughs> by a fire ant? Yes, it hurts so much more. <laughs> Nobody is telling... Nobody, listen to me. Nobody is talking about this. The mainstream media. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) Has been burying the truth about fire ants for too long. Where'd you get bit? I got bit on my ankle. Yep. It hurt like a son of a bitch. It hurts so bad because... That you think it's like, oh, fire ant, because it's like, oh, it's hot. No, it burns <laughs> consistently like you're on fire, and there's it for a long time. And uh, and it swells up and looks red. And then we looked up, like, what are the other things going to happen? What's the word? <laughs> pustule. Pustules! It's a, there is a possibility it's a, of pustule. It might turn into a pustule. <laughs> Sickening. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Is really yeah. You can laugh, but it's really awful. I mean, it's very mean. Do you know what a pustule is? They said like a little. I don't know what they said. They said like a little. 
blister. Yeah. Yeah, it's a blister. Like of a pus. little blister, like a pustule, blister right? Like a little blister. But, but the other thing that I would think in my uh-huh. brain, yeah. if you get bit by a little buggy, uh-huh. then you get a little blister on there. Uh-huh. Uh, what are what you going to imagine mm-hmm. is happening? Can I guess? Yes. A little pustule full of little bugs. They're going to hatch out and of your hatch out fly everywhere. And here you are with your new friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a bunch of fire ants fly under their Anyway, face. guys, I made you dinner. <laughs> Oops, sorry about that. Just my pustule. You know what? Sometimes it's not very often, but it, it, ha- but it does happen. When I get excited, it sort of... <laughs> so sickening. Mm. Awful. Awful. And there were... There, there was like... I would say a smattering of cockroaches. Stop talking about this. <laughs> it's the desert. They live out there because it's perfect for them. Rhea was acting like this is <laughs> fine. Camera came running from the kitchen and I was like, oh It's not shit. actually fine. It's, it's actually cockroach. not fine. It is fine. That's where they live. We went to their house. <laughs> that house was built on their house. You know house. what? They've been here the whole time. I looked at the We're guy's face on Airbnb and he was human. <laughs> that is a human oh, guy. Oh, you think a cockroach is dumb enough to put its own dumb cockroach face on the Airbnb? <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm now, imagining. Now, question. Do you think you know it what? would crop out the antennae or oh my would they God. leave them in? I am actually going to throw... Would a wider or zoomed more right in? Out. I would zoom out because I would want the whole thing. You and have be to like, stop. This is just me. You man. have to stop talking about this. <laughs> do you know why? Well, there's one other what thing What do you think this is it? making me think of, though? A cockroach pustule? No. A cockroach... Let's see if I can get you there. A cockroach A cockroach Airbnb. that would be renting an apartment... A roach motel? ...to you... Don't say Roach Motel. That's not what I'm thinking. That's of. a real thing. Look at my eyes. Okay, Let's try to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So then I'm imagining he's got to be a bigger than a normal roach because sure. he has to type. <laughs> he doesn't have to. There's a Hang lot on. of Hang on. speech to Hang text on. programs so if these you're days. You're imagining so you could click to a text. bigger they roach speak in that can type. What do you think of next? Uh, Men in Black, the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sugar Water. Edgar. All that stuff. Sugar Water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking. What's his neck? So tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgusting body falling right. off. Vincent D'Onofrio. That's who I'm talking about. That's what he yeah, does. No, Whenever no. he's on. You guys, Vincent D'Onofrio. Criminal intent. This Vincent is something is that I have. <laughs> Rhea is stealing this as if this is her idea. Dude, I'm in your bit. This is your bit. I'm just helping your bit with more of your bit. <laughs> Fanning the flames of the bit. If you've ever seen Law and Order Criminal Intent, you always know when Vincent D'Onofrio is about to say who the killer is because he goes sideways. <laughs> and he doesn't wear a tie clip, so and he just says goes, it into the name. And then the- tie is hanging down, which is a weird choice. Oh, really? You've never been outside? Huh. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. What was your other thing um, you wanted to talk about? No, I just wanted to say, like, when the cockroach came into the house, you were cooking, and I was in the other room, and you came running, screaming, you're like, Rhea, there's a roach! And I was like, okay, I'll take care of it, it's fine, everything's fine. I was also... And then you were like, look, it just came ambling by me! <laughs> and then you went like... <laughs> Which was hilarious, because then I just imagined a little cockroach with a top hat and spats being like... I knew you were going to say that. Hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my right... Um... I was also I am nude. Boy. I was nude making dinner. Oh, you were? Well, this is devastating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to go kill a cockroach after that. You were, like, terrified. So I just... Well, that was why it was so awful. Because 
He could have taken a wrong turn. I don't know if they could climb. I'm not saying anything sick. I'm saying if one just even ran up my leg, I'd have to move home with my parents. I understand. Chop that leg off. No, I wouldn't do that, but I would move home with my parents. Never have a job again. Uh huh. Awful. You know what's the good news? What's the good news? Cameron? We went to a boomers. <laughs> Nobody knows what boomers is. It's like Dave and Buster's, but for children. But for children. And we were we were like, let's go to this place that has it had terrible Yelp reviews. Terrible. They were all like, it's so dirty. It's disgusting. Nobody's friendly. We're like, this sounds. And great. we were also like, kind of fighting a little bit before we were went we? in. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were. That sounds like we us. We had a fight outside of Target. You almost walked home. Oh my God. Like, like to Los Angeles oh home, God. not to the Airbnb. That is actually. Like, go. That is actually. I'm leaving. So true. But then thankfully a Mazda Miata started doing crazy donuts nearby and she was like, well, I guess I should go to Boomers. <laughs> like terrifying. That is actually like a play-by-play exact description of she what happened. She did one of those, you know when you're really, really bad at somebody and you just go, I'm leaving! <laughs> yeah. I sat on a curb. <laughs> then she had to drive the car around right here. Cameron. Yeah. Then the car, Cameron. <laughs> Leave me! But do you know what else is really funny to say? And then I think you remember the cockroaches we, and you got in the car with not, them. Not only, but also by this point, uh-huh. I had completely blistered both of my hands <laughs> yeah. trying to get rid of the fire ants with a rake. Right, she had a rake and I only brought one batting glove I'm with me, which is stupid. I, why you only bring one batting glove on vacation? I, had I don't know, I'll never do it again. And then also, when they saw the cockroach, I got so thrown off. Then I was making pasta. I want to make sure it wasn't. Oh, it was yeah. still al dente. Right. So I got to make sure it's al dente. I put it right in my mouth. She I took, took a metal spoon and pulled a noodle out of the pasta and went. Ah, ah, ah. And I burned all my lips and she my mouth and tongue. Metal spoon into boiling hot water. Picked up some burned. boiling hot water and a boiling hot noodle and went mm, in my mouth. So I was also sitting there on the curb with. Totally boiled up lips, totally boiled up gums and tongue, two blistery hands, yeah. and I couldn't put my own band-aids, but I was and still And you sliced so your ankle open on the gate, which oh, I also yeah, did. I did. We have a good time, you guys. What a fucking We know how to party, is what we're trying so to So there I was, sitting like Edgar, my skin loosely hanging off oh, my body. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Rhea was like, we gotta go over to Boomers. I'm like, of course we do. We go over there. They came up to us. I think that they had not had anybody actually... They were upselling. But sure. most of the patrons were children. Yeah. Children don't have any money. <laughs> so all day long, they've been like, for $25, you could get a wristband. It was 22 You could play... For $22, <laughs> you get a wristband. You could play all the games you want, plus go-karts, any amount you want. All the games behind, deal or no deal. Yeah. I just want to be very accurate yes. here. Because there were ticket games. Anyway, I don't know if you guys that. are into that or not, and like, whatever. And I think all the kids were like, oh, that's my mom. And then the moms were like, no, we're golly right now. Anyway, but we were like, sign us up! <laughs> so, we actually, you guys, beat the arcade game. Terminator Salvation. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. 
I actually, this is a huge deal because I don't know that anybody's ever beat an arcade game. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nobody's ever done it before. And not anybody that actually looks like John Connor when they're playing the game. So much. Think about it, though. If you've ever seen a picture... <laughs> if you ever see... <laughs> Easy money. Yeah. A weird, like that body switching thing happened where as you, as you got older, uh-huh. Edward Furlong looks much less like Edward Furlong and than I, you do. I look a lot more like you Edward Furlong more like, than Edward if, Furlong If you guys does. are staying next to each other at a party, people will be, like, be like, you were great in Terminator, you're nobody. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. You've not actually right, been in a movie. It would be very confusing. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, thank oh you guys. Oh my God, I just realized... I just realized this. I know we're going to start the show, but we should be John Connor and Budnick for Halloween and just drive around on a dirt bike because you have like, all we got to do is just move it over a little bit. Rhea, this is the most offensive what? thing. It's perfect. He's a fucking comic relief. Dude, I thought you were going to say that we should be John Connor and Sarah Connor because okay. I am sick. <laughs> that too. But then right. you came out with this stupid Budnick shit. You don't even remember just, whether or not I'm naked during life events like seeing a cockroach. <laughs> so I actually right. well, don't trust you at all. Another Halloween that we won't dress up as anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to dress up as Roxette, goddammit. Oh, I almost just jumped into the you guys, let's get the show started. Before I kill us all. That was fun. Yes. Rhea, would you like to introduce the first comic? I think that you should. Yes, I would. As I say on every show, this next comic, your first comic, because it's not that your next comic, it's your first comic, is a friend of the show, and we love it when he stops by. Please give a warm welcome to Rowan Nazir, everybody! <laughs> Good. The podcast listeners will not have any context. Unless they edit that out. Don't edit that out, but edit this part out. But don't edit the other part out. Oh yeah, hi. Thank you for coming. Thank you for clapping your hands together. Hope you had a good day. I hope that when you leave here that your day continues to go good. I hope after that time is good. I hope you're enjoying yourself now in the present moment. Right now, mm, even more condensed than the present moment. Right, do you ever have people be like, do you, do you meditate? Are you vegan? Do you know breathing? Tech? I am in the present moment right now. That's all you have to do to cut through all of it. <laughs> I don't even like the word now. It takes too long to say. I just go. <laughs> Every proton in my being is dripping with ecstasy. You should come to the meditation yoga. <laughs> more now than the Dalai Rama. The Dalai Lama tells stories. <laughs> this set is brought to you by drugs. You don't need drugs to have a good time, but you do need absence of drugs to have a bad time.
If you don't like drugs, then you also don't like color. <laughs> Your favorite colors may include gray or brown or off something. This is my favorite color right here. <laughs> Ramon, how do you apply to the allegations of using too many props in your set? I don't have to listen to you. You're just a figment of my imagination. No, don't address that. Then I'll cease to be. No, no. Research has shown that pointing rainbow colors at your brain for three to five hours a day may increase your intelligence by up to 8,000 smartrons. That's a lot of smartrons. <laughs> the brain is fascinating. Did you know that there are more neurons in your brain than there are in my brain? <laughs> I already did that thing. Drugs are illegal. Suicide is illegal. Pick one, government. You can't have both. <laughs> I'm not suicidal. I'm just looking forward to death. When I die, I either go to hell or heaven or purgatory or I reincarnate or I become a ghost or it was all computer simulation like Matrix or it was all dreams within dreams like Inception, or it repeats over and over again exactly the same like Groundhog Day, or I become nothing. And that's the most exciting one of them all, because then every atom in my being gets laid off, essentially. And then they get to go pursue what they're passionate about. Maybe one day they'll run into each other and be like, hey, remember when we worked at the guy? Yeah, it had pretty good coffee there sometimes. We should be a coffee sometime. You know what's more dangerous than drugs? Is Los Angeles homes. Think about it. Whenever you hear like a celebrity dies and you're in the news and it's like, and was found dead this morning and oh no, they weren't in their Los Angeles home, were they? In their Los Angeles home. No. <laughs> You gotta walk out of that Los Angeles home where you're very dangerous. Don't have an assistant because they're gonna find you dead and don't talk to the assistant because then they're gonna say, I just talked to them yesterday and that's what <laughs> caused them to die. If you are gonna die, you gotta like do it, I don't know, what would you do? Would you do covered in your own filth? Or, cause you, you can't do it not covered in filth and you can't do it covered in someone else's filth. That'd be kind of strange. So yeah, you gotta do it covered in your own filth. That was a stupid joke. You stupid piece of shit. You fuck ass. Do you do that? Do you just berate yourself all day, you stupid pisshead filled with punks? And you ass muggler, you're not even good at muggling your own brain for ass. You piss drink face. So I'm pretty depressed. Not clinical, just regular. Which, why does clinical depression get more street cred than regular depression? You mean to tell me that you looked up a place and made an appointment and got up early in the morning and got in your car and drove to a building and got diagnosed? That sounds very motivated. <laughs> I made a psychiatrist appointment, slept through it, got charged $80 for appointment cancellation. Diagnosis complete. <laughs> Why do I have to drive to a building? Why can't I just send a photo of the inside of my car? Inside of car for depression, browser history for ADHD. 
A B A A B A D H D. You know what all the things are. We know what stuff is. We know about neurotransmitters. Depression is caused by lack of neurotransmitters located in the hippocampus of the cerebellum of the brain. There's four neurotransmitters. There's serotonin, there's dopamine, there's neuroepinephrine, and Ringo. Serotonin makes you feel good. Dopamine makes you feel really good. Neuroepinephrine is stuff that like people with serious mental health issues have to go get balanced out by a healthcare professional. And Ringo is just really good at transitions. Like he's really underrated for like he's not the flashy thing, but he's like the best transitions. That's what you gotta listen to. Name them one version with better transitions. There's so much bad news in the news all the time that all the good news gets buried. But I like do like my most effort ever to find all the good news. So I don't know if you guys read, but as of 9 a.m. this morning, it was announced that science has come up with a 100% foolproof vaccination and retroactive cure for HIV and AIDS. No time to verify that. Let's all go celebrate in my van. Okay, that's that's good closer. Good night, everyone. Thank you for, for coming. Enjoy the rest of the show. Bring back Sarah John Connor. Hello, you guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh man. You know what I did, which was so fucking stupid. I looked at my stupid internet, but box, my tiny internet machine. Dum 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 dum. You know, um, this has been a this has been well. We weren't here last week, so we didn't get to fucking talk about it. Uh, but fuck, <laughs> who is it that's so vocal and confident? <laughs> you with the low hat over your eyes. Is it you that's speaking? No, is it back there? Who is it? It's my dad. It's your dad. Classic. <laughs> Classic. What's the okay about? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I feel awful that that's how you took that. Wow, I literally have never kicked anybody out of this show here, but I kind of want you to leave. Because that's sick as hell. I don't know why you just said that to a female comic who you know is a lesbian who's on stage here with her wife in front of your daughter. But you're gross. Would you consider leaving the show so that I could feel better? Sure. Thanks, man. My sister's married, too. So. Well, then you shouldn't say shit like that. Cool. See you later. Yeah. See you later, dude. Uh, you know what? We don't have to fucking take it anymore. We don't have to take it. We don't have to take old fucking dudes telling us that they would fuck us while we're at work. I'm sorry, I know that was weird for everybody. You seem cool, I'm sorry that that happened, but that was gross, and I don't actually like that. <laughs> um, so like, cheers, I hope you meet up with your dad after, and maybe you guys could talk about like uh, what happened or not. You don't have to teach him, he's a grown adult, and uh, you shouldn't have to. Does anyone else think that that was horrible and disgusting? Yes. You know what, I fucking have done this job for 15 fucking years, man. You don't even know the shit that has been yelled at me, but this is my house. 
my house and we have audience that I like to say is safe for queer people and for women. And if I don't stand up for myself, I don't feel like I'm adequately standing up for you. Uh, so I was going to do this whole other thing uh, that was maybe a rant about something else. But didn't that kind of do it? Plus, <laughs> I wasn't rude to him, but I just asked him to please leave. And so, like, this is actually where I'm at right now in our country. I think a lot of us are. And you know what? I'm a white person. I'm a cis a gendered person and so like for those of you who've been fighting this fight a lot a lot longer than I have who felt like that constantly every day for your entire fucking lives I'm really sorry because I thought since I was a lesbian since I was a woman that I got it and I realized last week and I realized since the president has been elected literally every day a little bit more how much I did not fucking get it because I have looked at Confederate statues and I have not wanted to take them down. I haven't wanted them to stay up. I have had no opinion. It has been my privilege to have no opinion. And so I'm actually just done with that. I am ready to learn. I'm open. I'm listening. And I'm not going to fucking say shitty comments muttered under my breath at people who are at fucking work. And I'm not going to let anybody do it to me or the people I care about literally ever fucking again. So are we ready? <laughs> to move forward. You guys, this next comic is a personal friend of mine and I love him. And if there is anybody that could go up right now and like sort of rally all of the weirdness slash Pause it. Whatever's going on right now, uh, it is this comic. Uh, you know, I am so proud of this person because they've been working for a really long time and were so kind to me. Like, I met them when they were a headliner and I was a feature and they were so kind to me, welcomed me to Los Angeles. And then the last couple of years have had it, just been huge for them. Um, he's on Grace and Frankie. He's on Mystery Science Theater 3000, the reboot. And um, he's just a, a person I care about a lot. So let's hear right now for Baron Vaughn, you guys. <laughs> You guys remember that Beyonce documentary that came out like a couple years ago? I watched that shit with Baron. It was fun as hell. <laughs> Beyonce. Be very Beyonce. It was. <laughs> One more time for Baron Vaughn, you guys. And we do have to keep the show going, but uh, I wasn't out here for all of that. And I just want you guys to give another round of applause to my wife, Cameron Esposito. <clears throat> because I know this is a comedy show, but I don't think you guys come here for laughs every 10 seconds. <laughs> you come here for the social justice warriors that we are. <laughs> you know you do. And I just think that my wife is one of the greatest humans on the planet. And she has put up with so much shit in her career to be like the one with the machete. Like a lot of people do this in a lot of different things, you know, and in every position of something, somebody's got to be the first one with a machete cutting down all the tall weeds to get through. And it's so often that we don't give the women or the feminine of center people in our lives the credit that they are due because we just 
forget <laughs> because that's the society that we live in. We live in a place that's like, eh, whatever. We just scan by and we look for the Brad Pitt Jesus, like Baron was just talking about. We look for that because that's the thing we've seen our whole lives and like that's the important one and let's go for that. And so often do we miss the people in our lives that are working the hardest and they put their heads down because they want to do something with their lives and they want to help other people and they just want to do it because that's what's inside of them. And that is who my wife is. And that is why I went to her open mic and why I had the uh, opportunity to do stand up it because of her. And she has done that for so many people that maybe don't even realize it. And so I know this is like, whatever, I'm very biased media standing up here because I did marry her. <laughs> but God damn it, if I didn't have a show to like praise my wife every once in a while <laughs> for having to listen to garbage shit. And like, I know you think you're like trying to make a joke, but like jokes are jokes. They're not talking about other people's bodies and their who they are and what they are in that moment. That's not what jokes are. Jokes are like lifting people up and taking shitty people down. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing. Dick Gregory passed away over the weekend. And if you haven't looked into his career and what he was doing with his life, check it out because that's what comedy is for. That's what it's supposed to be about is like changing people's minds in a moment and helping them feel a little bit better when things suck. And that's what we're trying to do now because things really suck. But people come to this show, I come to this show because I want to have a good time with you guys and we can maybe like laugh together and put our molecules together and maybe change some things and go out the next morning on Wednesday and be like, you know what? There are some good people out there and they come to this show and we all hang out and we change our minds together. And so I just want to give a round of applause to Cameron Esposito because that's what she did for me. And she's been continuing to do that. And changing your minds and being open to things. So anyway, that's not funny. If I got to say something funny, I will. Which is, did anybody else grow up watching Wheel of Fortune? Because that was like my jam every night. I grew up in the house with my grandparents. My mom moved back in with her parents and I grew up with them. So I'm very well versed in Columbo and Perry Mason. But every night... The Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy block was appointment viewing, and I had to be right in there, and I had to be silent in between Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, because that is when they called the lotto numbers. So you better shut your goddamn mouth. Straighter box, you're a winner. That's a very specific reference to Ohio Lottery. <laughs> Someone listening to the podcast will laugh at work, and my job here is done. But my Wheel of Fortune family... And maybe your family was like this. Did your family p play Wheel of Fortune like this? Something, something, away, something, something. Got it! <laughs> That's my favorite way to play <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. Uh, something, something of the something, something. Got it! <laughs> that was kind of funny. I made it funny at the end there. Let's keep this show going. What do you guys think? More jokes. I say this all the time, but it's because it's true. This next comic is another friend of the show. And I love her work. I think she's absolutely hilarious. Uh, you guys should check out everything that she does because she is the funniest. You guys, give a warm welcome to Tess Barker. Keep it going for Rhea, you guys. Wheel of Fortune was the important confidence booster before the Jeopardy let you know who you really were, right? <laughs> I've gotten 
one Jeopardy category right all the way through, and it was cheeses of the world. Cheeses. <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah, shit, tough times, going through weird uh, times as a species. Uh, this is the most embarrassed I've ever been to be white. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and I've been to a yoga class that was also a wine tasting. <laughs> I mean, we had champagne before Savasana. It was dope, but, you know. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of an optimist, though, in general. It's just kind of unusual for a comedian. I know it's corny, but I do believe that phrase, you know, today's a gift. That's why you have to pretend you like it. So. <laughs> that was a great laugh. That was just like a one-note sting. Um... I, uh, I like to smoke pot. I, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty good at it. I'm either really good at it or really bad at it. But either way, I've had like a pretty chill 15 years. Uh, but I, uh, I like to smoke pot, and I get because I feel like there's still this stereotype, this like Cheech and Chong stereotype that potheads are like lazy losers that just sit on the couch all day, this half baked kind of thing, right? And it's bullshit because that stereotype. I believe, did not come from the drug marijuana. It came from the fact that, like, you used to have to go buy pot from a pot dealer. Uh, for the, you younger people, that is how we used to have to go get pot. Like, we had to go... Getting pot was my weekend planned in high school. Like, the process of going to get pot, that was the whole weekend. Like, we would all scrape together, like, $2 each, and then we would, like, you would have to call a friend who kind of knew a friend, who knew a dealer, and then by that time, it was Sunday afternoon. Like, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. And then you got to the weed dealer's house, and even though this is, like, clearly a transaction, like, you're there to buy a product, there was this whole charade you had to engage in, like your friends with Mike, you know, like your friends with Mike who works in the music section at Borders, you know, and so you had to, like, you would never just go buy your weed and leave. You had to fucking hang out and pretend like you were friends with this dude. And because it was a weed dealer's house, like they never just, you know, smoked out of a little shitty metal pipe like a normal person. They never did that. There was always some like giant bucket with like a milk gallon and like f four feet of ash infested water. You know, like there was always and you had to do it, you know? And so you sit there, you do these crazy just hits out of this thing and people be like, what did you do today? And you're like, shit, I don't know. I put on a gas mask and then, and then I watched someone else play Grand Theft Auto for five hours. You know, <laughs> shit. I mean, not, not because I wanted to, you know, I was just trying to make Zoolander more interesting. Like, I, <sighs> and now, now I can get weed. I just text my, I text somebody. I don't even talk to you. I just text. I said, give me, I know what kind of strain. I said, give me your best sativa. Give me your best sativa wax. It shows up at my door. I pay with my credit card. I am out the fucking door. I am crushing it, you guys. I'm crushing it. It's like I trained for a marathon wearing weights and only going uphill. Like, I'll take a bong load, run 10 miles, fire off emails, take a meeting. I don't give a shit. I'm crushing. Like, if weed, if weed had been legal when I was in high school, I probably would have gone to Harvard. <laughs> I'm a big, uh, big Elvis fan. Any other Elvis fans here? Yeah, Elvis is dope. I, uh, I went to Graceland for the first time recently, which I highly recommend uh, for anyone because it's very spooky. 
when you're at Graceland, it's, you can kind of feel Elvis's ghost. You know, it's very like, he's buried there. They left his house exactly how it was when he died on the toilet. Which, if you know a nine-year-old, tell them that Elvis died on the toilet. They like that. And, uh, <laughs> and so it's like super, but what's really creepy about Graceland is that it's like you and all these marriages that should have died 20 years ago. You know, like if you go, it'll just be like you and a couple other hipsters and then a bunch of people that should be divorced. That's Graceland. And so I was there, I was there with my sister and, um, and we were in Elvis's jumpsuit room, and which is <laughs> right there, a, a wonderful person, you know, and uh, like made male camel toe a thing, just, you know, and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we're in his jumpsuit room. I'm enjoying the audio tour, which is conducted by John Stamos. Have mercy. So uh, I'm enjoying the audio tour, and then I hear like over the din of the audio tour, I hear this woman behind me just start going, hey, Bob. Bob, let me take a picture. Bob, let me take a picture. Bob, let me take a picture. And like, she just kept going like that. Like she didn't mix up the word stricture at all. Like she just kept going with that over and over. She kept saying that so long that like nobody could concentrate on their tour. Like it was so distracting and so grating that nobody was having a good time at Graceland anymore except one person. Guess who was like totally having the best Graceland tour of his life? Yeah, Bob. Bob was super chill. Bob was reading like all the, Bob was just taking it in, you know? But she just, she just kept going and it went on for so long and was so repetitive that as she went, it, it, it was almost like a, like a Buddhist chant, you know? Like she was saying the same things, but you started to hear like different things. Like you started to hear the subtext of it. It was kind of watching a one-woman Edward Albee play. You know, she was like, hey, Bob, let me take a picture. 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 Bob, Bob, let me take a picture. 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 Bob, and it just kept for so long and it got so tense in that hallway that like me and the other people in the hallway like made eyes at each other like we were like shit one of us is gonna have to intervene if Bob doesn't do something soon you guys finally Bob turns around I'm not kidding you guys the first words out of Bob's mouth are what do you want <laughs> question we knew the answer to like what did she want what did she want she, elvis eventually okay bob elvis was the original plan but the bad boy with the heart of gold like felt her boobs and then left her for a hotter chick so that gave her self-esteem issues you know so right out of her high school she married the first guy who showed her even a modicum of attention and uh, 
that was you, Bob. That was you. <laughs> she stuck it out. You know, the wedding planning kind of kept her occupied. And then she realized after all that was gone and she opened all the gifts and then all she had was you. And she was stuck in a house with you. So she thought, you know, maybe what's missing is kids. Kids will be what does it, you know? So she had a couple kids for you, Bob. She had children. For, she bore the fruit of your sperm for you. <laughs> And then she realized like 18 years too late that like kids weren't what was missing from the picture. Like it wasn't soccer banners and stuff, but she stuck it out. She stuck it out for the family, you know? And then they left and went off to college. And then once again, just like after your wedding day, she was just alone in the house with you, Bob. Just alone in the house, trying to take on your interests, you know? Asking you questions about the football game and just being told to shut the hell up. You know, uh, just, just the silence of like your fork scraping the plate over dinner and just awkward silence. How can you spend a lifetime with someone and have awkward silences? You made it happen, Bob. You made that happen. And then like after dinner, of course, there was Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And you're only good at Wheel of Fortune, Bob. You're only good at Wheel of Fortune. But here she is. You know, she's an old woman now. And like, she's never going to be young and pretty again. You're the only one who had that, Bob. And like, she just wants to think her life meant something. She just wants to think like, like this all mattered, you know, and all she wants, she's here at Graceland with you. And all she wants is some photographic evidence of like her life with you. So Bob, let her take the fucking picture, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm Tess, you guys were cool, thanks so much. That's my friend Tess Barker, let's hear it for Tess. Oh, you guys, you guys, you guys, how are we doing? How are we doing? Looking in your eyes, you've seemed great. It's been a fucking awesome roller coaster. We're all sort of in this zone in all places right now anyway. So at least it feels consistent with our lives. You know, like you might've thought you were coming here to escape, but there's, what? Shame on you, there is no escape. You kept running up the beach, but you were already under the wave, my friend. What's up, big wave? It's all over the place. Do you know, look, this has nothing to do with anything. It's just what I thought of. I think I've even talked about it on the show before. Um, do you guys know that Speed 2 is about a boat? <laughs> <laughs> they're like in Speed 1, they're like, it's a bus, it's a bus. So you guys understand, like, it's a city bus, and like, you know what that's going to mean. And in Speed 2, it's a, a yacht. It's like, or no, like a, like a like cruise ship. Thank Thank you. <laughs> Megan, of course, always fucking having my back. Megan Baker. Last show, but still clutch. She's not going to let me go down like that. She's going to put me in that lifeboat. Uh, yeah, it is a cruise ship. You've seen it. And you know that, like, they just run the cruise ship into land. Because, <laughs> like, whoever wrote it, I don't think knew that much about boats. Like, they were like, it's a boat, but, like, how do you stop a boat? Oh, you just run it into land, right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, that's, a, that's just a nice thing, you know? We have a lot of terrible things, but at least we have that. <laughs> Is that the best boat I've ever seen? Of course it's not. Of course that's not the best boat I've ever seen. 
Megan, you know the best butt I've ever seen. I've talked about it so many times at this show. And this is, you know what? It's also important to talk about happy moments because we have to remember what we're fucking fighting for, right? Um, best boat I ever saw. Is there anybody here who's a big enough... I was trying to figure out how I was going to abbreviate my name. Big enough Camazitz fan in here. <laughs> to know the, big, the greatest boat I've ever seen. Do we have any deep fans? Deep pretty big fans who can who knows it what who's wait who's talking you're talking yes do you know the greatest boat i've ever seen that's right well (laughs) yes she's you're you're there you're right you're totally right the greatest boat i've ever seen is celine dion but as you know it was 1996 there i was at the united center where the chicago bulls play seeing a Celine Dion concert that I took my parents to. (laughs) Like, they paid, but I was like, let's go to this show. This is my music. Get hip to what the kids like. Um, We were at this Celine Dion concert. You know what was one of the most popular movies at the time. You've heard of it. Titanic. Did you ever heard of this movie? And... You guys know that the number one song in the country at the time was My Heart Will Go On, obviously. And um, so here I was, only my second concert ever. So she played for 60 full minutes, maybe longer. Stood up the whole time, screaming all of the seniors around me. Senior citizens, not like cool seniors at my high school. (laughs) Stayed seated the whole time. I wore my backwards uh, newspaper boy with Celine in a heart cap. Screamed my head off. She was playing all of her hits, but then she left the stage. You know what she hadn't played yet? My heart will go on. And I didn't know how concerts worked. <laughs> so I was like, this is fucking weird. She, here she is. Number one song. She brought all of us fucking out here. <laughs> She's not going to even sing it? I'm not going to get to hear what I love? <laughs> then... The entire stage opens. (laughs) And from the belly of the stage, what appears? The front of a ship. (laughs) (laughs) So then I just stand up like, she's gonna play it! (laughs) She's gonna play the song! To just people who are like, yeah, this is an encore. (laughs) This was so planned, the stage opens. (laughs) But you guys, as you know, Celine Dion, one of the most powerful singers of all time, when My Heart Will Go On played in the movie and when the music video came out, Kate Winslet stood at the front of the ship. Leonardo DiCaprio held her on the waist. You guys have seen the posters. <laughs> Do you know who holds Celine Dion's waist when she sings My Heart Will Go On? Nobody. <laughs> that bitch doesn't need to be held. 
She's sitting out there on the front of the ship by herself, just doing like this and then this, this and then this. This, this, one of these. Classic Celine! Well, you guys, uh, we got two comics left. Now, this next comic, it is his first time on the show, and whenever somebody's first time on the show, we go nuts, welcoming them, make them feel like they are at home. Please welcome, right now, Charlie Pickering. Give it up for him. Hello. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, hi, I'm from Australia. Hello. Um... I, I should explain my accent. Um, th- this is how we speak, and that's that. Um, uh, but it's lovely to be here. I just—it's uh, so exciting. I'm genuinely excited to be here. It's so excited to be in America. Um, just so glad I got to see it before it ends. <laughs> that's going well. Um, I rang my mum yesterday on the phone, and and. It's weird. Like I, I come here all the time. I, I married an American. I'm, I'm, I'm used to America, but my my mother now says things like, "Do you think he's a dictator?" When I ring her up, she goes, "How's things? Do you think he's a dictator?" I'm going, "No, no, no. He's not a dictator. He's not. He's not." In my experience, you've you've got fair warning. You've got fair warning. Like you know, there there are red flags. Well, red flags. That's a good one. Um, in my experience, the the bigger the red flag. The bigger the red flag. Um, but also, normally, normally, you know a regime's on the turn. It's when um, the, the legs of the army get up about, uh, uh, to about 45, to about 45 degrees. And that's when you're like, oh, that motherfucker doesn't want to be elected anymore. Okay. That's pretty cool. Oh, that got a bit real. Sorry about that. Um, I broke the enthusiasm of the audience there. I talked too long about it, that's fine. See, I love the enthusiasm of American audiences. I do stand up here and people say where they're from. They go, hi, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And everyone goes, woo! That shit would never happen in Australia. They said, hi, everyone, I'm from Melbourne. They go, yeah, fuck, we're all from somewhere, mate. Crack on. (laughs) But I'm very excited to be here. I, um... Because I'm very excited to be in America because it's the birthplace of my, of my favourite music, uh, my favourite art form, which is hip-hop. Um, yeah, obviously hip-hop's important to me uh, be, because of my, my culture. Um, well, you laugh, but I actually I grew up in, in South Central Australia. A um, lot of drive-bys, a lot of drive-bys. Uh, not shootings, just house hunting, that sort of thing. But... Um, yeah, it's mattering. Uh, that's fine. Um, but here's the thing. This is this is awkward. Is like I don't get to enjoy my favourite music the way a lot of people do. I've noticed people uh, here. They'll put on their headphones, listen to their favourite mu- music, walk along, sing along to their favourite music. I can't do that um, because of the content of hip hop. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, in hip hop, uh, they use the N word a lot. Have you? Like it's going out of fashion. Like really, it's very popular. So it's gone weird now, hasn't it? Good. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That sort of divided the room uh, into you and me, apparently. But um, but no, no, no. So, so here's the thing. Like they, they use the N word a lot, and I, I, I'm not allowed to use that word. That's fine. I believe in free speech. I, I don't think that necessarily means that everybody gets to say everything. All right, think about it. The greatest speech of all time, without a doubt, is Martin Luther King Jr.'s "I Have a Dream" speech. Greatest speech of all time. But if I got up here tonight and said, "I have a dream." 
of little black girls playing with little white boys. I'd end up on a register. Like, that'd be... <laughs> that would be uncool, right? So what I have to do for me to sing along with my music, I've got a way around it, is I substitute words. Right, when I listen to hip-hop, instead of the N-word, I use the word fella. Totally fine. Like, I'm listening to some Wu-Tang Clan and it's like, shame on a fella who tried to run game on a fella. i fuck your ass up. Like, I could sing that near a school. That's fine. <laughs> when I listen to NWA, that's just fellas with attitude. <laughs> that's not a gang. That's an angry barbershop quartet. <laughs> fuck the police. boo ba doo ba doo boo boo Fuck the police. boo ba doo ba doo boo boo I say, Dr. Dre, some fella been talking shit about you on the street. Fella what? Fella, please. <laughs> what did that fella say? Well, that fella suggested that your girlfriend was a hoe offering fellatio to any number of shady customers all over town. Fella what? Fella for real. <laughs> what else did he say? Well, that fella suggested that you were a homosexual, that I was yo bitch, and that I spent most of my time up on yo deep. Fella what? Fella, he crazy. <laughs> But uh, I, I had this cool thing. I've been thinking... Look, I want to tell you what I've been thinking about lately. Um, I've been thinking a lot about God and space. All right? Because uh, I met um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was in New York. I, I met Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. That's an American audience. Wow, you met a human. Anyway. We've all fucking met people, mate. Crack on. This better fucking go somewhere. So anyway, I met, I met Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was talking to him and, and I asked him a question. I said to him, do, do you ever think that religion and science can truly get along? And this is what he did. He, he told me a story and he said that when Galileo Galilei first discovered that the earth goes around the sun and not the other way around, a simple fact upon which all of our understanding of the universe is based. When, when Galileo Galilei discovered that, he was persecuted by the church and imprisoned for the rest of his life. And he told me that, and all I could think was, how lazy were Galileo's parents? His name was Galileo Galilei. Like, that's fucking lazy. Like, was that at the hospital, Mr. and Mrs. Galileo? Do you, Galilei, do you have a name? I don't know, Galileo. Like, like, my name is Charlie Pickering. I could not call my son Pickerong Pickering. That would be unacceptable. The former president was there with his wife, Michelle, and his daughters, Abumo and Abame. <laughs> Donald Trump and his daughter, Tramp. Um, but, uh... <laughs> but space is cool. Space is pretty amazing. Like, you know, a lot of people think that putting a man on the moon was our greatest achievement. I, I think it was number two. I think convincing a man to let us put him on the moon, that's fucking incredible. <laughs> That is amazing, right? Here's what we're thinking, right? Um, we're going to put you in, well, basically a trash can and we're going to strap that to a whole lot of the most flammable liquid known to man and then we're just going to explode you at the moon. You touch it, come on back. But the incredible thing, do you know how long it took us to get to the moon? Does anyone know? Three days. No. It took us the entirety of human existence. Right? I'm not being smart. Just think about that for a moment. Like for thousands of years, we were just hunter-gatherers, living on the plains, barely scrounging enough to survive. The original slow food movement, right? And um, 
And then one day, one of these knuckle-dragging mouth breathers turned to one of his mates and said, hey, have you ever noticed that it's light for about the same amount of time every day and then dark for about the same amount of time every day? And his friend said, oh, my God, you're talking. Oh, my God, so am I. This is incredible. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, but have you ever noticed that it's light for half the time and dark for half the time? He goes, yeah, I, I did notice that. I just never said anything. Because <laughs> I never said anything. And from that simple moment, we figured out that the sun was a thing that moved. And after that, we started to figure out more. Because we didn't have TV and the internet, we spent our nights looking up at the stars. And we mapped the stars. And, and some of the bravest humans in the history of the world used those stars to navigate across the ocean in search of new lands and spices. Because people were mad for spices back then. <laughs> oh, fuck, what they wouldn't do for some paprika. Like... <laughs> Like, seriously, I won't get off the sofa now to buy an Xbox, but back then they would risk their lives at sea for some cumin. And then the more we looked at those stars, the more ambitious we got, right? We, we, we looked at how they moved, and we figured that some of them moved differently to others, and they were, in fact, planets. And from that, we learned that gravity wasn't just a thing that made an apple fall on your head. It made the universe hang together. And once we knew what gravity was, we wanted to overcome it. We decided we'd fly, which is bonkers. That's mental. Used to be fish flew. Uh, sorry, no, they didn't. <laughs> maybe, maybe they did. You weren't there. <laughs> Used to be birds flew, fish swam, humans walked, and we said, "Fuck it, I want to go to Bermuda on holiday, right?" And then we went to Bermuda and Barbados and Budapest and some places that don't begin with B. <laughs> and then someone said, "Well, why don't we go to the moon?" I mean, imagine the spices there. And John F. Kennedy set a date. He said, by the end of the 60s, we will put a man on the moon. And everyone got to work, despite the fact that there were heaps better things to be doing during the 60s, most of which were being done by John F. Kennedy. <laughs> and then on that fateful day, July, uh, July 20th, 1969, the three bravest pioneers in the history of the world, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and... <laughs> Those three brave souls set off from Earth and journeyed to those same stars that their direct ancestors used to look up at from their caves. And for one beautiful day, man played on the moon and the world watched and we believed that anything was possible. And then we just stopped. Yeah, we couldn't be bothered. Uh, you know, we figured out, you know, like, now that we know we can do anything, I mean, who can be fucked doing anything, am I right? <laughs> and now we've gone backwards. We've gone back to the point where we fight over God and we persecute the scientists again. We're back to Galileo's time. But it doesn't have to be that way. We just have to rediscover that same common purpose that put us on the moon. Because whether you are Jewish, Muslim, Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, Sikh, atheist, I think we can all agree that Christmas is awesome. <laughs> we are keeping that. My name's Charlie Pickering. Thanks very much. Good night. Fastest switch in the West. We have one final comic left. Are you guys ready? This has been a fantastic show so far, correct? That's what I thought. Again, this next comic, friend of the show, so excited when she comes by. Hang on. 
Don't want to trip when I leave. Okay, great. <laughs> she's one of our favorite comics at this show, and she's going to be one of yours if you haven't seen her yet before. Please give a warm welcome to Jen Kirkman, you guys! Let's try to grab her mic. Thank you, ladies. Um, Cameron, thank you for that... Um, the moment um, you were way nicer than I would have been, you, I taught, you taught me something, um, right? Keep your side of the street clean. Uh, if you present what you want to say in a nice way, uh, no one learns anything, but you know that you said it um, in a nice way. Okay, I thought that would be a little bit funny, but no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> pants are tight, hello, oh my God. Um, so I feel like I was the only one who didn't care uh, a couple of weeks ago when it seemed like we might go to war with North Korea. I don't know if I'm suicidal or enlightened, but I was just like, eh, you know, because it looks the same, like being suicidal and being enlightened. You're like, I'm just going to start giving away my stuff, you know? It's like, I don't need it where I'm going. I don't have any feelings. Um, so... I think this is I worried about nuclear war a lot as a kid. Like when I was eight, the movie The Day After came out and we were going to go to war with Russia. And um, so I worried about it then until I was, like I worried about it a good long time. Worked myself up into a frenzy. Got an antidepressants in my 20s. Fucked up from that Cold War. So now when I watch all you on Twitter freaking out, I'm like, that's right, you take it. I just sit back and watch you lose your minds. I already worried about, I worried about it so much in advance that I got nothing fucking left. Um, that was, I'm just working out little thoughts in my head. There's just something there to suicidal enlightenment, so we'll put that, that's good. Um, I would like, well, I'm gonna have my own moment. Cameron inspired me. Um, I, so Jerry Lewis passed away, and I hope I can get through this set without crying. Um, um, but no, he, um, you know, I never met him. I'm sure he was nice to the people that he came in contact with. But um, he, as he said, he said, women aren't funny, which is fu like, it's fine. He's like, oh, it's just a crazy old man saying things. Well, so is Donald Trump, but it, it reverberates, right? So then we have the Christopher Hitchens article in Vanity Fair presented as fact. No, no, women aren't funny. And people are like, well, I like his other stuff. You can't like any more stuff of his. If he says that, you're done with him. I like his opinion on Iraq. No one else has the same opinion on Iraq. You're done with him. You're done with him. I'm still arguing with people about this. He said that, ah, bye, he's disqualified. Okay, then we had Adam Carolla saying women aren't funny. So now it's seeping through, it's seeping through. And guess who has to bear the brunt of the are women funny question? Women! Every time we do any press to sell tickets to a comedy show, people call you. Men, they love to talk about it. They're obsessed with this. What do you think about the women aren't funny argument? I think it's the least funny thing I could say in your little article where I'm supposed to sell tickets to a fucking comedy show. So, for years, I had to answer that fucking question. It is now in my, like, if when, I, when I use a publicist to, to get some, you know, press to do, go on tour, I have a thing that says, ask her anything, just don't ask that. I've had men this year refuse to interview me because they wanted to interview me about the women aren't funny thing. And they've written to my publicist, but I am a feminist and I'm going to come at it from a good angle. If a woman says no, I don't want to talk about that, and you say I won't do the article, you're not a feminist. Again, ah, disqualified. So... <laughs> I t 
tweeted when Jerry Lewis died basically what I said, but in 140 characters. It said, because of what you said, we, for years, had to answer that question. Fuck you. In heaven. I thought that was sweet. So... <laughs> think it was that controversial every woman on Twitter was saying it that day it was a little fun thing the gals did um, <laughs> so there's this guy named Cliff C-L-I-F-F oh no he's different K-L-I-P-H Nestor Hofford whatever he wrote a book about comedy <laughs> I do comedy anyway um, did it for 20 years quite successful um, I guess you just need the stamina of a woman to stay in it he used to do it he doesn't anymore I'm sure it's all your fault um, so anyway, he was on NPR talking about me. I don't even know the guy. He was complaining about my tweet. Can you imagine being so uninteresting that that's what you do on the, on the small amount of press that you get because no one gives a fuck who you are. You talk about Jen Kirkman's tweet. He goes, she's got an ego if she thought he was talking about her. <laughs> no, that dumb you are I didn't think he was I didn't think he said gen, he said women am I not a woman would he no see this is what guys I hate about guys they, they would never say it about oh my god can you imagine if someone said black people aren't funny do you think no fuck it see guys are so behind on feminism like do you think there's a guy would go but Chris Rock took it personally oh my god he would be so afraid of her but people are afraid of women here's the thing guys in my audience they don't laugh at jokes when I make fun of men. But you bet if I was a black comic making fun of white people, they're delighted because I want the black guy to think they're cool. But women aren't cool. So they don't give a shit if I'm making... Like, when I make fun of them, they're like, well, that shouldn't happen. That's, they don't know that that's even the dynamic. They don't know. I'm telling you, we will be equal when guys don't stare at me on some of my jokes. Now, I'm not saying they're all winners, but I get a feeling sometimes. So anyway... So this guy's talking about me said I had a big ego. Let's say I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that, am I not allowed to have a, again, I do stand-up. Should I not have an ego? Should I be, I'm not a Buddhist uh, teacher. I'm a stand-up. I, I also have ambition and drive. Oh, sorry. You know, anyway. So that's not a joke so much as he can stick it in his ear. And um, I was going to do something funny about the time I voted third party and thought I was sending a message. But I'll save that for next time I come. <laughs> I make fun of people, but I made a big boo-boo a few years ago. But I want to end on this. Um, so I like to make fun of young people and men and, and stuff like that. And, um, but I need to make fun of myself. So as Cameron was saying, like we're all trying to get more woke. And a lot of us who have a few things that make us the other thought we had it down. And I especially was like this. Um, when I was in college, I wrote a sketch that I didn't even want to be a comedian yet at this point. This sketch was, I didn't think of it as a comedy piece. I thought of it as a blow your mind piece. I thought of it as a, the head of the college will come in and go, excuse me, you cannot be here anymore. This is too important. Come, come. <laughs> so <laughs> this is really, I wrote it on March 4th, 1995, handwritten. Um, and it's 22 years ago. It's not long enough ago. It's really embarrassing, but I would like to perform this sketch as my closing bit. Cameron, do you want to do it with me? Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. I'm not, I'm going to play, um, I'm not going to reveal. Okay. So okay. you can be. Yeah. The other one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. So Perfect. I hope you can read my handwriting. Oh my from God. I love, ago. it's on like the, like, I didn't, I didn't see it before. That yeah, it's, it's like, it's real. Is this the paper? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's cool as hell. Okay. So 
was a young asshole once, so, and I'm, now I'm an older asshole, but this is um, for all the sins of the kids I make fun of. Here's me. And I'm, I'm shaking because I'm so embarrassed. Um, this is um, a sketch about if Rush Limbaugh was on the subway with a black man. I will be playing Rush Limbaugh, and Cameron will be playing... Oh, no, she'll be playing Rush Limbaugh. I'll be playing the black man. And I'll also be reading the stage directions, because there are some. <laughs> a black man is sitting on the subway, minding his own business. Enter Rush Limbaugh. He almost sits, then moves two seats down from the black man. Hey, there's an empty seat right next to me, you know. <sighs> it's because I'm black, isn't it? Oh, all you, air quotes, African-Americans, you're so oversensitive. I mean, can't a guy ignore someone on the train? Meanwhile, no one would be like, please sit near me, like, to anybody, but okay, I didn't. Um, oh, and all of you white guys are so uptight. Did you hear that, everyone? That's reverse racism. Listen, I'm not going to argue, okay? They both resume reading. I'd never mentioned that they were reading in the beginning, but they are resuming it. Hey, do you think OJ did it? Of course he did. I mean, he drove around in a Bronco with a gun to his head all night and he tries to appear innocent. Shut up. What? I know you think he's innocent. I'm not blind. I mean, if he's not charged guilty, all your people will be whining. Quote, ah, oh, the courts are racist. If the courts are racist, tell me this. How did Clarence Thomas get put on the Supreme Court? Oh, my who? My people. You are something else. <laughs> What's your name, anyway? Rush. Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> That's you? <laughs> oh, boy. I suppose your show isn't aimed at any kind of minority. Many affluent black people watch my show. I mean, the good ones, the respectable ones with jobs and wives who are clean. I don't know what expression. By the way, was it, was, I was unaware it was a radio show. It was this, no one watches the show. Okay. I hadn't invented video anything on the internet yet. Okay. Listen, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm getting angry. At least tell me your name. Oh, here's my stop. My name's Malcolm. Malcolm X. Yes! Never heard of you. Wait, you get off here? In front of the Park Plaza Hotel? Yeah, I have a room there. You can afford that? No offense, I mean. Yeah, I'm gonna rob a white guy on the way home from my drug bust by saying what, stage directions, saying what he thinks Rush wants him to hear. End peace. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's what you young people sound like. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that literally nothing's changed, though? I also really like the Boston references. Like, I love how Boston this is. Sitting on the team, minding his own business. And yeah, then, I wrote it in Boston. I mean, it's the greatest. And the Park oh. Plaza Hotel, like a specific... Mwah. Well, I yeah. I hope may it change lives. Peace, everyone. <laughs> Jen Kirkman, you guys. My friend Jen Kirkman. Rhea's going to 
come out right now? Yeah. Oh man, I don't. I wasn't doing that, but I did write uh, poetry for women mm-hmm. <laughs> that I wanted to be friends with. Uh huh. Just pals, buddies, real close pals. I said I had a dream about you last night. It made me write this poem <laughs> for friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I've written it here in rose petals for you. See, that's funnier. You think that literally just the rose petals is that's not true. But everything else? I know, everything else is absolutely, absolutely true. true. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, listen. You're all a friend that I want to write a poem to. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey! Um, Bria, I... I meant like a... Well, I had yeah, to cough right. directly no, into the point. microphone. That's a great point. Um, I like this audience. They've yeah, done yeah. a great job. That's you what guys I'm trying to say. You guys have done a tremendous job tonight. Uh, let's great work. comics you saw. But also, one more time for Megan Baker if she goes on to bigger and better things. We will miss you so much. We will miss you, Megan. Thank you. Um, good thing we'll still be friends forever. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, Hannah, Rhea, Butcher, Cameron Esposito. We will see you guys see next week. See you next week. week. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to laugh with your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to clap with your hands together, put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <laughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.